Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. A very warm welcome and uh, welcome to Mansa's uh, The Weekly Beat. I'm Arnold Sagawa. Uh, Dumi Jere joins us from Johannesburg and uh, Maggie Mutesi in uh, Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, Dumi, how are you doing? I'm all right, my brother. How are you? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. Maggie, how's the weekend treating you? Uh, we're doing okay. COVID restrictions as usual. We're looking forward to a free world like it used to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, getting into uh, the free world, uh, a dozen African leaders, uh, several European leaders and uh, a dozen heads of international organizations will be received on Tuesday, uh, the coming week, which happens to be this week now by uh, the French president, uh, Emmanuel Macron. Uh, for a summit on the revival of the African economies and uh, the impact of the pandemic. But the question remains, of course, what does this mean uh, for the African continent, let alone uh, the last time I think uh, I saw one of these summits or conferences being held so far away from the continent, they were partitioning us and uh, getting bits and pieces in the late 1800s. Gentlemen and uh, the lady... (laughs) What do you make of uh, this particular conference that is uh, thousands of miles away talking about a revival of a continent? Let me start with you, Maggie. I mean, uh, of course, uh, one of the questions everyone says is, you know, a conference about Africa. Why is it held miles away from Africa? Why isn't the conversation brought closer to home? But uh, I'm definitely looking forward, like everyone else, to see what is going to be discussed. Of course, they've talked about ditch um you know, restructuring or cancelling for Francophone countries. They've talked about providing financial aid to Sub-Saharan Africa and, uh, you know, seeing, I think, France trying to also tighten its grip with, um, you know, African countries. France is continuously trying to bring closer countries that were not French colonies like Nigeria, Kenya. These are countries that you see they're trying to build a relationship with. But the question still remains, how do you say you want to help Africa organize its own house when your own house is not already organized? I don't know. Again, I think this some of the things I would like to bring to you are not like the aid they're giving to Africa. Do they really have the muscle to even say we really want to support the continent at this point? But it's an interesting conference to watch and uh, to see what really comes out. But other than that, I think there's need to look into their own house and see exactly before they come to the continent to try to help it or to save it from the effects of COVID-19. Do me your two cents. Yeah, so... On my part, obviously, I feel strongly about uh, a conference about Africa being held in a European continent. It reminds me of the speech by um, the late President Robert Mugabe at, uh, I think it was the uh, UN General Summit in 2016 or so, where he was addressing Mr. Ban Ki-moon directly and telling him that um, every year we come to New York in September, we dress up, we fly, it costs some money, um, we make ceremonial speeches, we go back home. And um, at the end of the day, the UN still decides that no uh, African country deserves to be on the UN Permanent Security Council. Uh, For me, that's how I see these things. Year in, year out, there's Africa-France Summit, Africa-China Summit, Africa-India Summit. All the leaders just fly there. The outcomes really, they're never really tangible. 
not denying the effects of COVID. I mean, the outbreak and the rapid spread of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic, that has uh, essentially stretched global public health systems. Uh, a report uh, from the IMF on Sub-Saharan Africa mentioned that um, a lot of countries will have to use more than 50% more of their uh, health budget resources. So that's already stretching beyond um, the country's limits. The truth, yes, is that the virus knows no boundaries. Therefore, if we're going to tackle it, it requires strong international leadership guided by a sense of you know, shared responsibility and uh, responsibility. And uh, to tell it like it is, only a global victory that fully includes Africa can bring this pandemic to an end. If Africa is not included, mm-hmm. the pandemic is not going to end. So on paper, I sort of understand why this has to happen and why this is happening. As far as the outcomes are concerned, I'm not so sure all African countries, all 54, 55 of us will benefit really. Right. Uh, oftentimes when uh, we talk about finance ministers, um, I'm seeing this uh, almost looking like we're looking at the, the program and the participants. It's very similar to uh, the, the kind of uh, conferences that we've attended in the past, the likes of the World Economic Forum. Uh, there's some very usual suspects here, you know, away from uh, the media side. There's some very familiar names uh, that we've uh, crossed paths with. Um, Bawagi Singh, uh, Macron, kind of uh, moving towards uh, replacing uh, the World Economic Forum theme. God knows the World Economic Forum for Africa has almost been a bust. If South Africa is not hosting it, only Rwanda, well, Ethiopia was supposed to host it once upon a time. Only Rwanda has hosted it outside. It's almost synonymous with becoming a South African event. Are we seeing this uh, sort of becoming a World Economic Forum for Africa, which is in Paris? Maggie, you could start. Dumi, you can jump in anytime. I know it's really stretching it to call it a World Economic Forum, not even close to that. I mean, we're talking about private sector. If you've attended the World Economic Forum and you see the conversations, of course, it's political, but most of it, it's about the private sector and bringing, you know, all the brains together to see like really that transformation within business. This is really about leaders. And for me, I would look at it like a political move. We're talking about a country that until now there are talks about the currency in the Francophonie where countries really need to create their own currency, a conversation that until now, I don't know where it is, I need to find out, but they haven't got to that realization. Maggie, um, I just want to jump in there because uh, if you talk about the private sector and just the other day we had a Forbes list that came out and uh, the top African names are nowhere to be seen on this particular invitation list, then I'm very confused how you can actually equate this to the private sector. Well, Arnold, it's far away from the World Economic Forum. This is not um, WEF where we see a lot of private sector players. It's a lot of um, uh, heads of state, uh, political leaders and organizations. So can't relate it to the World Economic Forum. It's definitely not even close to that. And um, again, I would say it's so pretentious of France to think they can come and solve Africa's problems when uh, they still have a lot of things pending on the continent itself, you know, currency issues in the Francophonie, insecurity and all of that. So I hope that these are some of the things they get to address now that they have heads of state at the summit, as they also rebuild their relationship with countries in Africa. I hope that this summit will help address some of those things. But, you know, we're always optimistic. Let's see how it goes. Do me your two cents. So I think reality is no region can win the battle against COVID-19 alone. Obviously, in a selfish way, they made sure that they vaccinated themselves first. Only after they are full, then they look back to us because they realize that if they don't beat this um, COVID-19 pandemic in Africa, it's going to return to haunt them as well. So now it's almost like a wake-up call now to say, oh, 
know what, actually, let's work together. Let's, let's also call G7 partners. And that way, let's try end the pandemic everywhere um, so that uh, we build resilient health systems to keep our people safe in the future. But it's like I said in one of the podcasts, um, I think two or three weeks ago, that, you know, the beginning of uh, COVID, we all went into lockdown, so united, encouraging each other and everything. But the coming out is almost like each man for himself. Aside from that, though, I'm really looking forward to His Excellency Paul Kagame meeting with um, Emmanuel Macron for the first time in years. Because if you know President Kagame, he's a sharpshooter and he doesn't quite uh, mince his words. So they've been back and forth about uh, accusations about France and the role it played in the 1994 genocide and all of that. So I'm going to be watching that relationship closely, the body language closely. I'm looking forward to that. And hopefully there will be a post-conference uh, briefing where we'll get to see all presidents, particularly President Kagame and President Macron talking. Right. Wow. Uh, it's definitely uh, one to look forward to. And uh, thanks for that, Dumi. And uh, of course, uh, thanks to Maggie for uh, making time to speak to us. Uh, if you missed anything in the course of the day, be sure to check out the website. That is uh, mansamedia.africa on Twitter. We're at uh, mansa underscore media. And thanks again for making time to speak to us. We'll keep you appraised on uh, all that happens on the big conference in Paris. Uh, if I can, I could get me a croissant. But uh, from us and the entire team, have a little everyone. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.